the SWP, Ottawa Sports Talk, every weekday. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SWP. Thank you for being here. God, you look fantastic. You, you found a podcast all about Ottawa sports and whatever. It is Steve Warren. It is Jungle Jim Jerome. Warnsy and Jungle, former TSN radio cronies, uh, tracking in mud all over the carpeting of the podcast world. <laughs> and we're very pleased to have with us today. First of all, James, how are things with you today? Who are you asking there? Okay, you're supposed to be a good host and you're talking over everybody. Who, who are you talking to? <laughs> I What's said, going on? I said, James, how are you today? Oh, I'm okay. Steve, good. I'm good. Here, here comes Gordy Wilson. Here comes Gordy Wilson. Right <laughs> down Gordy Wilson trail. A Christmas carol. I'm a little, I'm a little punchy, you. Steve. You know? <laughs> wow. I'm a little, yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little excited. Gordy and I go back. Yeah. You know, he was one of the first shows that I ever did in radio. That's about the 47th time I've heard that kind of intro for myself. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to do something original. If you had a dime, eh, Woody? If you had a dime. Yeah, absolutely. Allow me to throw this in. Gordy and I started at the very same little tiny radio station up in Renfrew, Ontario, the mighty CKOB. Huh? How about right? that? Can you imagine that? Yeah. CKOB, uh, AM 1400 in the Frew. CKOB, also known as the Cobb. Here's a quick story about the Cobb. And I think I was there, what, a year or two before you, maybe even a couple more years before you were, Steve? Yeah, I was late, late 80s. Okay. Oh, I was earlier then. Okay. Yeah, I was a lot earlier, a couple years earlier. So it was owned by um, a, a man by the name of Jamie Poole. I don't know if he still owned it while you were working there. Jamie was uh, very well off and had a beautiful, beautiful home in uh, Renfrew. He owned a plane. And of course, he owned the radio station. And when I got out of Algonquin Broadcasting School, um, I got hired as an intern and was on a government subsidied program where I would uh, get paid by the radio station and the government would top it up by $100. So the radio station said, well, we're <laughs> going to pay you 50 and the government topped it up by 100 So I think I was making 150 a month nice. and, um, yeah, and commuting. So that was my gas money. And uh, learned the ropes. And I eventually, uh, I think I ended up making, I was there nine months, but one of the most uh, um, uh, terrifying experiences for me occurred when I was in Renfrew. It was in the middle of winter and Jamie, who owned a small plane, uh, wanted to go and get pictures of the tower. Uh, of his small tower that was just out. I think it might've been in Cobden, Steve. Okay, so we had a little bit of flying to do, but we had to drive to Arnprior where he kept the plane. And as I say, middle of January, ice cold, probably two days after a horrendous storm. We get out of his truck. He hands me an ice scraper and he says, you do the left wing and I'll do the right wing. And there was Jesus. Thick, thick, oh, exactly. Thick, thick ice on the wings. And I'm going, how hard do you hit this? This is all really give it a good pound. Anyway, make a long story longer. We get up in this plane, the two of us, and with a big zoom lens on a 35 millimeter camera, and I am paranoid. And I'm not a big fan of heights to begin with. I can sit in a commercial plane, no problem. But one of these four-seater Cessnas, Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and I'm up there. And he said, um, uh, I want to take some pictures banking left. Can you take the wheel? And I, <laughs> I said, are you nuts? And he goes, uh, "Just you know what, just ease into it a little bit here. And so 
I ease into it a little bit and I'm shaking like there's no tomorrow. And he takes a couple of pictures. He said, okay, we're going to circle back here. And I want to get you to take some pictures while we're banking. Right. And I go, okay, do I have to hang on to the wheel at the same time? Anyway, he takes it and we turn around and he arcs the plane in such a way that I thought if the door was open, I was gone. Okay. I would have landed on the tower, but um, I'm trying to take pictures from up above and shaking like a leaf it was just absolutely <laughs> awful i didn't think we were going to be able to land to be honest with you it was absolutely um uh death defying and um i'm living to tell about it there's my oh. one good story from renfrew let a boy go gertie you know you bring up the uh uh what you got what you got paid 50 bucks uh they gave you another c note to top it up uh yeah. back in the day um i remember uh Speaking of a, me being too lippy, um, so it was you that I did the summer show with, yep. you know, over the summers, and then of course the the, the day we walked in, it was it was awful, right? There was the, they sold the station or whatever, and and then I ended up getting offered this this morning show, you know, and uh, so I I forget what I was getting paid, uh, so it was Mayhew, and he said, okay, we'll pay you this much. My brother in law is an HR guy, yep. so I remember sitting him down the night before going. Now listen, I'm having lunch with the uh, big boss tomorrow, and we're going to uh, we're going to settle on a contract, you know, for me. And he goes, "Okay, I know you. Here's what you should do: shut your hole and don't say, <laughs> right? don't don't open your mouth about anything. Just let him talk. It's the art of negotiation. All this stuff, right? And I'm going, bang on, baby, bang on. I got it. Off we go to lunch. Okay, so what do you think? And I I pause, right? I pause. I go. Here's what we need to do, Mark. Okay, you're gonna pay me this much. I need this here, so I've gotta, I've gotta get this much, Mark. <laughs> Before I get the words out, he grabs my hand. He goes, "Yeah, absolutely, good deal, right?" And I'm going, "How much dough did I leave on the table?" <laughs> oh my before, gosh! Before no I can say, I mean, it was I wasn't getting rich on it anyway, you know. No, but, uh, for sure. Took oh, all that funny. advice. Yeah, I won't say a word. Uh, anyway, <laughs> too Dude, when, funny. When did, when did it all start for you, Gordy? Was it always going to be brought? You talked about going Algonquin, like when you when you were growing up. We had yeah. we interviewed Ken Reed the other day, Stevie, and it was really good on the suspendables. And he talked about being seven years old when his father said, "You know, if you go into broadcasting, you can get into hockey games for free." <laughs> and, and, and and that's what that's what sort of was his story. You know, uh, what yeah. about you, Gordy? You know what? I can think that my earliest memories of wanting to get into broadcasting was probably when I was about 11 or 12. Uh, and I just mentioned this story to you before we uh, started to uh, begin this podcast, but uh, I would lie awake at night um, with a small AM radio by my bedside and tune in or try to tune in to what was then AM uh, uh, WBZ AM 1000. It was the Boston, uh, it was a Boston radio station, but the home or the voice of the Boston Bruins. And I would listen to Bob Wilson and his color guy when the skip of the signal would be able to uh, cross the countries and, right. and come into my room. And I would fall asleep listening to... Um, WBZ's Bob Wilson and the Boston Bruins. I was a big Bruin fan growing up. So I fell in love with radio play-by-play -play then, probably, uh, you know, 48, 48 years ago, 48, 49 wow. years ago. Yeah. Wow. And I think back, Gordy, to opening night with the Ottawa Senators, because you and I have been around since those days, and you obviously were part of the broadcast team on that opening night. My memory of that night, you like me, like you just local guys, and suddenly it's like it's gone yeah. from radio 
yeah, doing sports radio, that's fun and everything. But now the NHL has arrived in our hometown. What was that night like for you, Gordy? Nerve wracking, exciting. And like you, I'm an Ottawa guy. So, uh, you know, you grow up and uh, I mean, I can remember calling Ernie Calcutt on Rough Rider post game shows and getting so nervous to say something about the game um, that I would hang up before I'd uh, be put on the air. And I can remember listening, uh, you know, the seven second delay. Okay, let's go to Gord on line four. Click. (laughs) word's gone i mean i just got so nervous to say what i wanted to say but um uh it was i mean as a a fan of ottawa and a sports fan here in ottawa it was surreal to say the least and you know i was lucky to be part of um the whole bid process where i got sent down to west palm beach and got a chance to cover the bid process staying at the or uh, you know going through the uh the interview process at the the breakers hotel and then the final announcement at the breakers and uh, just right place right time for me with 580 cfra and don holtby um you know and the next year it was okay we're our broad we're the broadcast team and we need a team we need a crew and uh and it's funny i just pulled out an old tape a cassette tape of um uh february of 92 i think when dean and i went down to montreal well it would have been february of 91 um dean and i would go to montreal with a tape recorder in hand and two sets of headsets and um plug them into a mixer and we would sit up in the booth we'd make arrangements with montreal media uh to uh get a chance to broadcast a canadians game and uh into a tape recorder and then bring the tape back and hand it to don holtby at his desk and uh he could edit it with a razor blade and everything <laughs> yeah, yeah with the, the the marker the what was it what are those called steve the grease pencil grease pencils yeah exactly anyway so this is an audition gourd you're doing yeah. Sort of yeah. idea. Okay. Yeah. This was the, the two of us. Dean would do play by play for a couple of periods. I would do one. We'd switch it up the next time around. I think we went down four or five times, but the fun part was we get it when you get to Montreal and you're at the old forum in Montreal, I mean, this historic building and uh, you know, you're nervous to go in there to begin with you. Know, the next thing you know, your booth is right beside Dick Irvin's and um and then you really get nervous until you meet Dick. And he was extremely kind and very, very helpful to the two of us. And everything just kind of worked out. It was a real bonus. And 30 years later, here we are talking about it. So, yeah, let's uh, let us fast forward to today. And uh, what was this past season like? It was probably like no other, um, given the challenges that we all had. But from a broadcast standpoint, you really didn't have that that close connection, that opportunity to go one-on-one with guys like on Sens TV as you do. Yeah, you know, one of the the good things or nice things about my job is the ability to be able to do those one-on-one uh, interviews or even just one-on-one conversations with the, these young men. And again, I'm uh, three-quarters of the team is young enough to be kids of mine. So um, uh, this is the first year that I have not been able to spend time just talking about life, talking about um, you know, uh, anything and everything relating to or not relating to hockey uh, in a personal one-on-one situation. So the Zoom was completely different, but this is how it was done. And we adapted very quickly, obviously. We had no choice. It's unfortunate, but you sure miss it. Once you uh, get taken out of the environment that you're used to for so often, um, and then all of a sudden have to 
do something a different way. It was, it was weird to say the least, Steve, you know, as well as anybody. I mean, Jimmy, you're, you're the same way. It's the interaction with people. It's the face to face, the eyeball to eyeball that makes this business so much fun. So uh, it was different uh, to say the least. And uh, I'm glad it's done and fingers are crossed that things are back to normal in September. Yeah. People forget Gordy, but you, you, uh, as, as much as I kid, it's probably not far from the truth. You might've been the first guy in the country to get COVID. <laughs> well, no, no, I, not the first one. Um, but I was probably top 300 here in the nation's capital. Right. You're on the leading right. edge. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Was it during the season? I forget. I mean, that's, that's way back now. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was at the end. It was right at the pause uh, when we were in Los Angeles at the time and the team was traveling back. Uh, the team was on a road trip. The thought was they're either going to do one of two things, go to Chicago to continue the road trip or come home because of COVID. Right. And the team ended up coming home because of COVID. And that was on a, a Thursday night. And on a Friday, I was feeling really lousy. And on the Monday, I went and got tested and 16 days after that found out I was positive. Yeah. Right. So what are you expecting now in the new world? You know, probably by the fall, most everybody's going to be vaccinated. Uh, but sometimes people's habits can change when they step away from something for a long time. Certainly in the States, we're seeing NHL ranks filling up like crazy. What are your expectations uh, as far as attendance and excitement around the team in a post COVID world? Well, I think the good news, Stephen, it's a very valid point that you bring up here and what you expect and what will actually happen. I mean, you expect the unexpected and you'd like to think that the fans are going to come back in droves. But that being said, uh, habits change and um, spending habits will change and entertainment habits might change as well. I think the good thing for uh, the senators was they left the ice in good shape. They left the ice um, with the feeling that they were going to be a very competitive team next year. And I think that's a huge plus because I think going into the next season with the likes of Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat and the goaltending the way it was, and, um, you know, Drake Batherson and Alex Formanton, all these young players, certainly um, uh, Shane Pinto, who provided a wealth of entertainment for us in a short period of time when he came out of university. Um, I, I, I think those expectations are going to carry over. And um, uh, if they don't, the team could be in trouble as far as attendance is concerned. But if they do, um, you know, the first 20 games should be um, a, a real thrill for everybody to be a part of. So is Brady Kachuk going with a long-term deal? Are they going to try and do a short-term bridge style deal? Because that's really a domino in this whole rebuild situation. Will they be able to take care of Brady Kachuk? What kind of a contract are you expecting him to get? You know, if I'm the general manager of this hockey team, I'm doing everything in my power uh, to convince the owner that he needs the same deal as Thomas Shabbat. And I think, you know, you think back a couple of years in the summer where Thomas signed with Ottawa, it came kind of out of the blue. Um, I don't know. I think we all anticipated that there would be a deal with Thomas for the amount and the length. I think we were all a little bit surprised, maybe a lot surprised, eight years, $64 million. If I'm the general manager of this team and you've invested this kind of money in one particular player um, and you've got another player with a different set of skills, but the same amount of value to the hockey club, I do everything in my power to say, 
We need $64 million in eight years to offer this young man, if not more. Right. Um, because Brady does have options and he's got a very strong camp on his side uh, that will weigh those options. Uh, certainly we like everything that we've heard from Brady. I think we'll all agree some of the things that he said, you know, on a St. Louis podcast, for instance, about a month ago, uh, the good things that he said about Ottawa, the team, uh, his worth and his value on this hockey club and the community in, in the community um, is, is beneficial to him as well as to the senators. So you'd like to think that uh, he's speaking from the heart and I, truly think that that um he'd like to stay in ottawa senators so well with any luck um uh, they have that kind of money and uh, that kind of patience to uh, sign him to uh, a long-term deal yeah it, it would be you know uh, nathan mckinnon right the other day uh it's uh, you know came out and said i would take less cash yeah right? yeah i'd take less cash and everyone's like isn't that something you know isn't that great uh, and well it is except you're on a team that's probably gonna you know whip your way through the playoffs although this year they had a hard time right but they're a really good team um when you bring this up about ottawa gord for a, for a young kid uh although making a bunch of hay uh it it bodes pretty well because i think it's really tough uh with the with the ottawa's track record you know which hasn't been great uh that's what they need maybe you know for a kid to step up and go look i'm in for the long haul here you know let's yes let's, yep let's yeah, try and do absolutely it, you know? yeah i mean and someone's got to do it or every other player's going to look at okay fuck i'm out of here yeah well, <laughs> excuse my yeah, language yeah no it, you're excused um it, it's expected so yeah. you know, why excuse <laughs> it um <laughs> i'm surprised it's taken this long where's my swear yeah, button <laughs> i gotta call where's my swear <laughs> button <laughs> um you know thomas shabbat stepped up and did that now obviously when someone's waving a $64 million check in your face, right. it's not going to take much stepping up, is it? <laughs> right. um, and I would like to think, you know what, with this flat cap that we're going to see here for the next few years and everybody's finances, uh, I, I won't say in disarray, but certainly in question, there's got to be some questions about every team's finances here moving forward based on, two shortened seasons. Remember, it was a 56-game season with no fans in the stands this year. So uh, there are, every team has lost money going into next year. Um, so those lengthy, um, uh, very lucrative contracts can be tough and can be um, uh, perhaps difficult, not to necessarily to negotiate, but to actually uh, come up with. And so if the if the means and wherewithal are there for the team to do that, then I don't think you hesitate at all. Right. right. Yeah. It certainly looks like, uh, and we'll take a break here, but uh, Eugene Melnick is open to the idea of a long-term deal because he said as captaincy goes, he wants the next captain to not be on a short-term deal. And he's already said that he thinks that Brady Kachuk is the leader of this team. So at least he's open to it. And I think you're right. If, if they offer the kind of salary along with the eight-year contract that Shabbat got, I think uh, it's probably going to be a done deal. So at least, you know, Melnick is saying in not so many words that he is certainly open to the concept of a long-term arrangement. I think that's great news for Sens fans. Yeah, don't disagree. The The unfortunate thing is there are the two sides to uh, the negotiations. And uh, while Ottawa may have the wherewithal and the, uh, and, and the want to get them long-term, uh, the Brady Kachuk camp may not want to go long-term. You know, he may want to do what his brother did in Calgary and do that bridge term. And when things 
you know, he's still going to make really good money over a two or three year period. Uh, and if he doesn't get the captaincy, well, maybe in his mind, so be it. The opportunity will come. I'm young. I'm 22 years old, for heaven's sakes. It's going to come sooner rather than later. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, when the NHL does get back to almost normalcy as far as uh, finances are concerned, and maybe the end of a, a flat cap, maybe all of a sudden there is even more money to be had out there. Uh, yes or no, as we had to break here, Gord, eight by eight, does that get it done with Brady Kachuk's camp? I would say yes. Okay, I agree. I think that's the number. I think he has to be at Shabbat's level. Uh, if the term is there, that's, that's all great. But if you're going to try and come at Brady Kachuk with six, six and a half, then I think then they introduce, let's maybe look at a bridge deal. And, uh, and it's good for him because, you know, he's not exactly statistically a God yet in this league, right? He's, no. I, think he, I looked up, he was something like 85th overall in scoring this year. I think that's going to get better over the next two years. So he could play two more years on a bridge deal. And, uh, well, like you said earlier, set himself up for a real home run deal in a couple of years time. So let's take a time out of the program. Gordy Wilson is our guest. Glad to have Gordy here. We'll talk more with Gord. In a moment, we've got a brand new head coach in the league right now. The Seattle Kraken have uh, finally decided on their guy and announced that today and have some fun with Gordy as well coming up. Not that kind of fun, Jimmy. Not that kind of fun uh, coming up after these words. Hey, did you know that Jim K. Ford has been around since 1982, one of the longest running dealerships in Ottawa? The K family proudly strives to provide the best service in the automotive market with the help of their fantastic team of professionals. They're continually training and improving to ensure you always have the finest buying experience. See what they're all about. Shop for your next vehicle. Then make your appointment today at jimkford.com, 438 Uville Drive in Orleans. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Now, back to Ottawa Sports Talk and whatever on the SWP. All right. Hey, hang on. I got a question. All right. What's a bridge deal? Gordy, do you want that or do you want me to handle that? You guys just well, throw terms around? You don't know what, what they mean or what? No, I thought the question was for our good guest. That's all. No, of course it is. Of course. No, a, a, a bridge deal is when um, a general manager and an agent get together and uh, they decide before they actually get into contract negotiations, um, uh, who gets to start those negotiations is the one who wins the game of bridge that they play before the negotiations. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fuck, you had me there. I was like, this. <laughs> I know, I'm learning so unreal. I never knew this. You know, I... <laughs> Jimmy's all about a good game of bridge. That's all the shit I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> I said, I'm going to go, we got Gordy Wilson. Oh my God, I'm going to have to break down freaking games with Montreal and all that stuff. You know, I'll pick on it's the owner. I'll give go- it's a short deal joined to a long deal. All right. They're just bridging <laughs> the two together. <laughs> I want a bridge deal. I want to get a bridge deal. Uh, no kid, do you? No, I take I, I take a long term deal over that. All right, okay, I get a long term deal. All <laughs> right, let us uh, jump back in before we get onto the Seattle story on the coaching front. There was one other Sens coaching bit of news over the last little while that I wanted to ask you about and see what you think of it from I don't know an etiquette uh, tradition standpoint because the NHL history is generally uh, when it comes to assistant coaches if they get a chance 
to better themselves and find a head coaching job. Usually, not always, it happens. Certainly, this has happened before. Um, normally, they don't get blocked. They usually get the opportunity to go and interview for that job. So Jack Capuano, the assistant coach of the Senators, um, reportedly was asked uh, if the Buffalo Sabres could talk to him uh, to see if uh, he might be right for their head coaching job. And the Sens blocked that and said no. So what did you think of that? Uh, you know what? I thought it was odd to begin with. But at the same time, uh, I don't know if we know all the story uh, behind all of this. It's an interesting world because it's an extremely competitive business. We'll all agree. It's a competitive, competitive business. And the Senators and the Buffalo Sabres will be back in the same division next year. And the Ottawa Senators are looking to get better. The Buffalo Sabres obviously looking to get better. The Senators are extremely happy with their coaching staff and not just DJ Smith, but his entire staff. That includes Davis Payne and obviously Jack Capuano. You'll lose Jack Capuano. You'll lose a third of the importance of your coaching staff. And from an Ottawa perspective, I can see, you know, the potential of someone in the organization saying that's going to hurt us. That is definitely going to hurt us. And the answer is no. Uh, we don't want to better another organization by lessening our own. And I can see that philosophy. And I know it's not something that's done on a regular basis because anybody who gets the opportunity to better himself, um, you know, usually gets the opportunity to do just that. On the flip side of things, you know, Jack signed a three-year contract. If I'm not mistaken, it was a three-year contract. If he if he himself anticipated that after two, there would be openings around the NHL, which everybody knows there will be, why wouldn't he have signed a two-year contract? So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a dicey situation, but at the same time, I can see both sides of it, Steve, uh, if I can risk sitting on the fence here, it's, um, it, you know, you don't want to lessen yourself by bettering another team and by doing by, by saying yes and Jack getting the job in Buffalo, the Senators have done just that. Right. He's an asset like any other for sure. Um, but at the same time, you would wonder about the effect of that news even getting out there because, well, for one, I wonder, and you might, you know, Jack Capuano better than I do. Um, will he be sour from something like this? What kind of an employee do you have on your hands here? And the other secondary point is in future when the Sens need, to go out of the market and find their next coach or assistant coach. That's going to be circled as a, as a headline. Like this is what happens to sends assistant coaches. So these yeah, are, yeah. these are the, these are sort of secondary things, but um, important all the same, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what you say does make sense. Um, you know, I pick up on one thing and that's, you know, is Jack going to be sour when the season starts? Well, if the season starts in a way that the senators aren't expecting it to start and, uh, that 20 game, that proverbial 20 game mark where they're not where they should be. And, you know, all coaches in their last year usually have that 20 game mark to, you know, make their mark and, and, and sort of guide the team to where it's expected to go. Um, if in fact the senators aren't there uh, and there's a consideration for a coaching change, what's the obvious move? The obvious move is to re replace the head coach with a former head coach and one that you already have on staff. So, you know, there's a possibility that Jack won't be disappointed if in fact, you know, the DJ loses his job. And I'm not to say that's 
that's under the plan or that's uh, something that could certainly follow suit, but um, you just never know. Troy Mann, he just signed a new deal. Does he rank above on par or below Jack Capuano as far as possible heir apparent? And I hate to talk in these terms because DJ Smith, I I think, is a coach in good standing, but you always think of the long-term plan Bs. Where's Troy Mann in the pecking order? Well, I think he would be below the assistants. Uh, both assistants and Davis Payne and Jack have uh, NHL head coaching experience. Uh, Troy has actually said, it's interesting, when he signed his two-year extension, actually said, you know, I still got growing to do, and I, maybe I'm not ready for the National Hockey League just yet. Um, but I don't think there's any question he will eventually be an heir apparent in the NHL to somebody, if not here in Ottawa, then to somebody. I think it's wonderful news for the organization uh, to be able to get this man under contract. Um, and uh, the continuity within the organization is huge. And I think one of the things, fellas, that we've talked an awful lot about over the last couple of seasons has been the player development, the younger players doing what they're supposed to do at the American hockey league level, and then making the jump. And, you know, Drake Batherson is a great example of that. Uh, Josh Norris, a rookie of the year in the American hockey league last year, his first year as a pro, he was coached by Troy Mann, whose lines of communication and openness and talk and ability to talk to players and teach players is second to none. I think at the American hockey league level, um, uh, got Josh to where he had an extremely productive year in his first year in the NHL. So there's no question Troy has the ability to make the young players that much better and get them ready for the next jump. He eventually will be in the same boat, I would think. I'm just uh, listening to you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show you're on. Okay. (laughs) All right. And uh, this little diatribe, the last five minutes, okay, this is how it started off. Uh-huh. Jay Smith's job is really safe. And then we, you went for five minutes about what coaches are going to fucking replace him. Okay. What is going on? I, 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 wait a minute. I thought he was safe. Contingency was plans. Safe. Contingency hey? plans. Yeah. And by, he is safe. There's no, no question DJ is safe. He's done a tremendous job. And you want right. to talk about, um, you know, guys that bring out the best of their players. I think it's, I think it's safe to say, what do you got growing in there? <laughs> checking my coffee mugs oh, well, what, I was what are you the... smelling oh oh my god you know how many come through here and they all leave <laughs> lipstick on the coffee mugs Gord. you know i got four more in the sink nothing's changed eh jungle <laughs> yeah sorry about i love that. gordy i love gordy yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway I, I digress DJ's i'm sorry fine he's, he's, he's all right a terrific okay. job yeah absolutely speaking of ex-leaf uh assistance dave haxtell has a new job he is the seattle kraken Head coach, uh, the Leaf assistant, better known for his days in Philadelphia as the head coach there. And I was kind of thinking that that guy might end up in Ottawa someday because he did go. Uh, he was at North Dakota for 15 years, 10 of them, 11 of them, I think, as head coach there. Uh, not to be, at least not for now. But what do you think of that hire? I thought, I mean, I maybe I'm following the, the wrong people, Gordy, but I had not seen that name chucked around there in rumors here in the last few weeks. Had you? No, uh, not at all. And in fact, before we started this, we talked about Rick talking, the three of us anticipating that the, the, uh, the decision uh, from uh, Ronnie Francis would be Rick talking and shocked to hear the name Dave Haxtell, to be honest with you, four years in Philadelphia after his, uh, as you say, 11 or 12 year stint with UND. And, um, you know, he didn't have a tremendous amount of success in uh, Philadelphia. And in fact, in his last year, he got fired after 31 games. So um, 
it comes as a bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. Uh, an assistant in Toronto, which means you know Sheldon Keefe will be looking for some help. But uh, I, I'm quite surprised. I guess his his interview process went very well. It's it's a brutal hiring. It's brutal. Why you got do you a say new team. This this is my take. This is my take. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, people have been weighing, uh, getting a hold of me, Gordo. Okay, about Jimmy. We need your analysis and your breakdown of why is Montreal doing so well. I got back to everyone immediately. Okay, first two series, they won four games before the other team. Oh. All right. Huh. Way to yeah. break it down. Yeah, break yeah. it down. Okay. Right now they're yeah. wi- they're winning because they got three the other game has two. Huh. Yep. Yeah. You got a new team, okay? You got a new team. You get Seattle here. Uh, okay, off they go. Everyone's all excited. Uh, they come up with a shitty name, okay? Wh- whatever Kraken? it's called. Kraken's a brutal name, okay? That's brutal. Oh, my heavens. You're breaking it down. I live in Edmonton where they just changed the name of the Eskimos to the Elk. So you got this team. You want to get people excited about it. You need a name, man. You know, you want to get people excited. You brought up Rick Tockett. Go grab one of the Sutter sisters, you know, maybe even Babcock. I don't know. Babcock signed a deal or something with a university team in Saskatchewan or something. Saskatchewan, yeah. I don't don't think he's getting paid for that, though. So he's probably got an out there. Yeah, go get a go get a big name. No, I don't disagree with you, and I think the take is 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 bang on. Only because it's a very vanilla or bland yeah. name that's been hired for a young team that is looking to obviously duplicate what the Vegas Golden Knights did. They went out and they hired Gerard Gallant, mm-hmm. uh, who had previous success with the Florida Panthers. Dave Axtell didn't have a whole lot of success uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers, and as I say, it's it's. It's a very vanilla kind of hiring. Yeah. There's nothing flashy or pizzazzy about it. And I think the better point that you bring up is, you know what? There are probably going to be three or four more coaches who are on the block, mm-hmm. you know, before the draft and who might get fired. And there might be a few more who are available out there. So interesting. I, you know what, though, uh, Jungle, I, I put a lot of faith in uh, Ronnie Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran a very good ship, obviously, in Carolina. And I think uh, this wonderful challenge that um, he faces with uh, the Kraken, um, he's going to be able to meet. But again, starts off with this signing is, is a little bit odd to me, too. Yeah. You know, they obviously want to have somebody who's going to help them compete right away because this just in expansion teams aren't what they used to be. They're usually <laughs> now, now it looks like they're going to be good right away. And uh, I don't know. Do you think Ron Francis will have the same kind of success in Seattle? that George McPhee had before in Vegas? I, I don't. I think teams around uh, Ron uh, learned their lesson in a, in a bad negative way that Vegas certainly took full advantage of in terms of the side deals that took place uh, leading up to the expansion draft and, um, you know, players who were exposed that were, were made available to Vegas that were actually taken by Vegas should have had no business being made available, but because of these side deals, they were made available and it was an instant, um, uh, an instant success story for Vegas. And you're right. The, the expansion rule changes changed and, and Vegas and Seattle uh, can certainly thank the Ottawa senators for that because the expansion draft of when the Ottawa senators were, were, 
um, <laughs> drafting in, in their expansion draft was an absolute joke. Um, yeah, and look what it got them. I mean, no success whatsoever through the first four years of their existence. So uh, when you're able to go to the cup final, and it changed almost immediately afterwards because look at Florida. When they came on to the scene, they were given the opportunity to draft quality, expansion draft quality goaltenders, uh, the backbone of every team. And, uh, Ottawa didn't have that chance. So um, I think Seattle will be good. I think Seattle will be competitive. Uh, but at the same time, they don't have much of a resume behind the bench, do they? No, sir. Okay, we're going to take a time out of the program. When we come back, uh, we'll have final thoughts with the great Gord Wilson after these words. Do you find shopping around for insurance a time-consuming hassle? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me take it from there. You'll be surprised at how easy it can be. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your love for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Hit the road in a new 2021 model with your choice of the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. These are unconventional times right now, but for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be happy to bring a vehicle to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. And compared to this time last year, the price of a single family home in Ottawa, as everybody knows by now, has skyrocketed. And if you're curious to know what your home is worth in a market like this, call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free, no obligation estimate. You'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. I thought you were waving at me. You wanted to jump in there. I was waving a gourd. Oh, I see. Gotcha. I I didn't see a jungle. Sorry. I I have a question for both of you. All right, sir. Okay. Um, Oh, can I promote one thing while you're thinking? Just want to mention everybody. The big golf. Take your time, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Whatever. Just throw it. Jump in there anytime you want. I appreciate it. No, you were thinking. You were rubbing your hands. Anytime I hear those hands rubbing, I know that there's the gerbil is grinding away in your brain. Don't forget about the SWP golf giveaway. We've got a foursome with carts at Lombard Glen. We'll give that away at the end of the month. All you have to do to be in on that is to become one of our members. Sign up today, stevewproject.com, and click on Patreon memberships. And, uh, yeah, you might be off to Lombard Glen for a little golfing uh, early next month. So or, go ahead, James. Awesome. I interrupted you before. Okay, listen, Gordy. Here's what's happening, Woody. Um, if you are a team out of the playoffs, okay, uh, which, which are many now. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everyone's freaking out about Montreal that they're, they're pulling off what uh, nobody thought they would. Okay. Nobody yeah. thought they yeah. would. We're, we're all up to date on that. Okay. If I'm a coach, if I'm uh Haskelly there, whoever got hired in Seattle. Okay. For example, Dave Hackstall. Hackstall. Yes. Close though. Yeah. Hackstall. The goalie, the brother, the no Hackstall. Is that it? Yes. Okay. You guys don't know. Yes. All right. Okay. You're pausing. Okay. If I'm that coach or anybody else, I'm going, okay, everyone. Okay. Off the summer holidays, all you players, we're com- you're coming in. We're all going to meet. Okay. And we're going to watch video of the Montreal Canadians. Okay. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it for a month. That's what I would be doing. Wouldn't you guys? Hey, no, I'd go. To, I'm the Ottawa uh, senators. Sit down. We're going to watch Montreal Canadian games and we're going to watch them for a long time. It's like sitting down to watch the Hamburglar run and, and trying to take notes from that. Sometimes stuff just happens in hockey. Lightning in a bottle. Bang on, Steve. I don't, uh, you know what? I don't think this is going to change the game here the way, for instance, the New Jersey Devils. When they won three Stanley Cups, they played a real 
tight, defensive-minded game led by a Hall of Fame goaltender and Marty Brodeur. Teams decided, well, we better kind of play that way here because that's going to give us the best chance to win hockey games. I think Montreal has caught lightning in a bottle. This is the last team to make the playoffs. The last team in, team number 16, they didn't have a hope in HE2 hockey sticks of getting past Toronto in the first round and then Winnipeg in the second round. Not an absolute chance, but they have found a way and they have, and to their credit, and saying catching lightning in a bottle is not a negative thing. To their credit, they've been able to do that and play as a team, but I don't think for a second that every team is going to, Jimmy, take a look at how they're playing and say, we've got to do it this way. They're just doing it the right way. Every team should be playing like that to begin mm-hmm. with. They're just doing it the right way on mm-hmm. a more consistent basis. And you know what? To their credit as well. Well, not to their credit. Credit has nothing to do with it. They've stayed healthy. They've stayed right. very, very healthy. Uh, the fact that Shea Weber is able to play with the injured thumbs that he has uh, is a huge plus. The fact that um, Jeff Petrie got back in the lineup with his injured fingers, the huge plus. Carey Price has stayed healthy. Um, and, you know, you knock on wood and all of this. They have just been able to um, perform as a team. And they've played the right way better and longer than anybody else has. Right. You know, you, you bring up the jersey thing. I remember that, too, when... Uh, I, I guess the trap was alive and well or something back then. And yeah. they were saying, this is so freaking boring that the NHL better come up with a, a, a rule change. Remember that? They were talking about, yes, okay, I they're do. Gonna, yeah. They're not going to allow that because the fans are going berserk how bad it is. That's not the case with these Montreal games, though. You know, they're super exciting. You know, they're really yeah. good. Really good. You know, and of course, what's his face? The net, right? Bit of, bit of a factor. Well, that's right. Yeah, factor. that's that, that's just it. The Price, fact that yeah. they're super exciting is the fact that Carey Price is busy and has right. to make these spectacular saves. Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, they've they they score goals uh, when they can, mm-hmm. and then they stop them when they usually have to, and that's all Carey Price. One of the storylines as we prepare to wrap things up here, Gordy, has been the officiating, and I, I'm mystified. Oh. I'm mystified. Chris Lee. I don't know if I've heard a referee's name uttered so frequently in such a negative fashion as has been the case with Chris Lee. Um, he was He's working that Vegas-Montreal series, and the last two games of that series were uniquely terrible, and mm-hmm. everybody's like, why isn't that guy making a call? And we saw the, the Corey Perry high stick, like just letting him play, letting him play, put the whistle away, and everybody's critical. And then all of a sudden, the NHL decides, you know what, you know who we need for this Islanders Lightning series? We need Chris Lee. And so yeah. he, bol- he bolts from that series, even though everybody's wildly criticizing this guy and, and joins the Islander lightning fray. Can you put that? Can you put any kind of uh, do you have any sense of what, what the hell the NHL's thinking there? Absolutely none. Absolutely none. And to make matters worse, the cross check that Mayfield put on Kucherov last night, and you right. take a look at uh the types of players both are okay. One is top of the food chain and that's not Scott Mayfield. Okay. And that's not to take anything <laughs> away from Mayfield. Okay? Good defenseman. He is a Kucherov good defenseman. Is, he's a, he's a good solid defenseman, but can you imagine the NHL doing absolutely nothing in trying to protect its best players and its best assets to sell tickets? And this is what, Nikita Kucherov is. He is an asset to not just the Tampa Bay Lightning, 
but to the National Hockey League and to, to a lesser extent to the fans. He's a player you pay to go and watch. Um, you know, the cross check that we saw on him and the way he left the game, it looked to me as though the cross check was either in the kidneys or just under the rib cage. And if he's broken ribs here, he could be done for the rest of the playoffs. So I, I, I'm going to boldly predict that he will not be in the lineup for game seven tomorrow night, which will hurt the Tampa Bay lightning. But to your point, Steve, not making that call is just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. And especially from the same referee who has fallen under such tremendous scrutiny and criticism for the lack of good officiating that he's provided um, uh, beforehand. Oh, there's the, my son, Jake just came in. Sorry. Uh, if a dog um, comes uh, into the room and licks your, no, oh, <laughs> no. it was what? bomb. Oh, okay. bomb. Is it classified as a threesome? Yeah. Yes. No, you know, <laughs> that Jake. was a long time ago. Eh? Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Gordo? Okay. Refereeing is a high stress job. There's no doubt about it. Okay. That, oh, yeah. that's, yep. especially in the playoffs, right? Where the games mean everything. I, to me, Stevie, Gordo, it's the easiest thing in the world. The guy's going bad, okay? He's missing calls. It happens, right? You're under the gun here. You know, you're getting bad publicity. We hate the referees to be in the press all the time. Now we've lost yeah. control of that. Easy play. Pull him. Pull him yeah. like you would a goaltender who let in a soft three, you know? Yeah. Nice try, kid. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not sending you down. But step, you know, step aside. Sorry things didn't go well. Change I'd it up. be shocked, and it, I think we'd all be shocked, wouldn't we, fellas, if if he if he works another game in the playoffs this year? I, I would be. I'd I was shocked to see him last shocked. night. I was shocked to see him in the Tampa yeah. series. That was amazing to me, and it and he's got worse too because after the Mayfield kidney strike, I'll call it on Kucherov, because that was more than your average square of the back cross check you see a million times right. in an NHL game. Right. Yeah. This was like clearly he intended to go down low where he knew that little scene between shoulder pads Hang on. And, the, <laughs> and the pants. That's a clear kidney strike. And then and then later in the game, Stamkos gets cross-checked from behind by Mayfield, face into the glass. He's bleeding. And then guess who scores the game-tying goal right at the end? It's Scott Mayfield. Yeah. So, right. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I'm livid if I'm a Lightning fan because, you know what, even if you go oh, and suspend, you suspend Mayfield today, what the hell that do for Tampa Bay at this stage of the game? The best player in hockey right now might be out for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. And the NHL has nobody to blame but themselves because Jungle, getting back to your point, they've allowed Chris Lee to continue to work playoff games of right. utmost importance. It, it, it makes no sense. Right. Where's Wes McCauley? Where is the, yeah. the, the very, very popular and voted as the top referee by the players, for heaven's sakes? Where is he in all of this? He hasn't worked a game since round two. Um, there's some thought that perhaps he was uh, he tested positive for COVID and uh, got sent to isolation and uh, and obviously for obvious reasons. But uh, will he be make a return to the finals? There, 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 there are better referees than for the sure. ones that are working yeah. right now. And based on all the noise that we have heard because of the poor officiating, it behooves the NHL to make changes without question and not wait until the off season and say, well, this is what we're going to do next year. They got to do it now. It's mm -hmm. there's too much, too right. much at stake. That a boy, Gordy. That a boy. Maybe this is what the NHL wants emotion and controversy. Cause that, that, that makes headlines that, that sells seats, Steve, all of that. You, you, you know what though, Steve, uh, last time I checked and, and the NHL believed this, back in the early 90s, because you and I, the three of us actually all grew up 
knowing the names of the referees in every game because they had the names on the backs of their sweaters. At one point, Gary Bettman said, we don't need to know who's working the games here. They right. just go out and do their jobs and have their names removed. Okay. So the NHL doesn't believe they want the talk of uh, who's refereeing, who's not refereeing. But as it stands right now, we all know because of the messes that they're making. Right. Everyone sure knows the name of that ref. So that didn't work very yeah. well, did it, Gary? <laughs> Absolutely. Without the name in the back. Yeah, yeah for right. sure. I got to go. Let's go, Stevie. I got to go. I got to juke. I got to drive. I got to. I got stuff to do. All right, sir. Well, let's first of all say thank you very much to our good pal, our old TSN crony, Gordy Wilson, for jumping on the show. We hope to do it again with you soon, Gord. Always a pleasure, fellas. I appreciate the ask. Yeah, anytime. You know, you know Gordo, when you were talking about, I used to do that too, listen to the radio at night because you'd get the American channels, right, on the AM yep. dial, right? And uh, uh, I had a little digital radio, you know, like the numbers were little metal plates that just sort of flipped down. Remember the, those clocks? Yeah, like yeah, flip, flip, yeah. flip, flip, flip. Oh, yeah. Yes, and, yes. And I remember, and I loved your story about listening to uh, the guy in the Boston station and you would fall asleep to that, right? Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And I always, I've always had trouble sleeping, okay? So what I did, and it worked right away, is I used to listen to Steve doing the Lynx games and I would fall asleep <laughs> immediately. It was just... It worked like a charm, okay. With a three-two pitch, <laughs> just a bit. Of I'll, take, uh, I'll take the base there. It looks like it's it like making a bit awful. of rain. talking. Uh, it's you're awful. talking way too fast if you're dealing with baseball. <laughs> just to to end the story about WBZ Boston, I did meet that broadcaster uh, in 1992. Came to the Civic Center and was in the booth beside me, and. Um, uh, it was, I think, in his last or second last year of his career, and I'm fairly certain I could smell a lot of booze on his breath, oh, and of I course. do believe yeah. he threw up at the end of the first period. So Dedicated. Uh, yeah. Dedicated guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's, kind of, Jimmy's kind of broadcaster right there. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> okay. that. I, listen, I just never threw up, okay? I could I could drink way more than any other guy, okay? I, there's no barfing here. I'm hammered, but I'm not going to barf, so it's a safe bet, okay? Okay, so I got some great news, Jimmy. Uh, we're off next week, so uh, enjoy a week off, and uh, we shall what? talk to you in our next episode in about, oh, I don't know, 10 days' time. What the? You never told me that. I know. I'm telling you right now, live on the show. This is the day of cutbacks. Is there something happening here? Are well, you getting well, rid of me? I'm sure. Gordo, you want to do a podcast? Gord, Gord, Gord. I should, podcast. I, I should tiptoe out of here right yeah. now. <laughs> Gord will be in touch with you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right, Thanks, everybody. Us. All right. Good. Take care. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today and share the show with your friends and followers. We're at stevewproject.com.